What's poppin' everybody? Welcome to On The Gutter. This is DJ and this podcast has been in the making for a very long time. My plan for the podcast is to give everyone listening an insight on what happens behind the scenes in bowling and even things that happen during bowling that might get missed while you're watching the PBA on TV or Facebook or YouTube or wherever you consume your bowling content. My goal is to bring on a wide range of guests, including you know professional bowlers, PWBA bowlers, bowlers from all different skill levels, along with people within the industry to get their takes on you know what they see on a daily or weekly basis or in their day-to-day jobs. I'll give you guys a bit of a background about myself. Uh, I was born and raised in Canada, uh, where I started bowling youth basically from the time I was able to walk, thanks to my dad and my grandfather. And then I started bowling more and, and competing more. And in high school, I started traveling over to Michigan to bowl MJMAs and then eventually to Junior Golds. And along those ways, I was able to meet with a bunch of colleges and ended up going to university in uh, Michigan to further my bowling uh, career along with my education. While I was in college and even after college, I was bowling amateur tournaments. I bowled some national stops, bowled quite a few different regionals. And like I said, along the way, I was able to meet a lot of people. And those are the kind of people I want to be bringing onto the podcast. So that way they can share their experiences that they have with everyone listening. Now, it being December, this is type the time of year that things typically happen and, and things get announced. So I basically just wanted to highlight some of the things that have been announced so the PWBA announced that they have 12 events coming out this this season, which uh, seven of them are going to be concluding on CBS, which is great for the sport. There's a lot of talented PWBA bowlers out there, and I'm excited to see them make it to TV and kind of get the re- uh, recognition that they deserve. Along with that, the PBA 50 have announced that they have 17 events with four of them being majors. So obviously there's a lot of great talent, a lot of champions uh, and championships that are seen on the PBA 50. So very excited to see them um, have a full season along with those four majors. A couple other things that were announced were the awards from last year for the PBA. So Matt Russo brought home PBA Rookie of the Year. Uh, Jay Peters brought home the Steve Nagy Sportsmanship Award. And Kyle Troop won PBA Player of the Year. So all those uh, awards were very highly deserved. Those guys work their butts off all year round and, you know, just dedicate themselves to the game. So uh, just shout out to those guys and everybody who won awards throughout the season. Now, I do want to take this time quickly just to uh, thank all the sponsors and, and everybody that I'm affiliated with because without them, I wouldn't be here today. So just want to say thank you to Turbo Grips, Buddy's Pro Shop, Mint Sportswear, Beaver Buzz Energy Drink, and of course, Motive Bowling. Uh, I love Motive Bowling. They are dear to my heart. Uh, they are as close to family as family can be. So just want to shout out to everybody at Motive, uh, both in the office and fellow staff members, because I owe a lot of my success and a lot of things that I do to Motive Bowling. So just want to say thank you for being the best company out there. The next portion of the podcast is probably going to be my favorite section, and that's the interview section. So for the first episode of On the Gutter, I figured I'd bring on the person who has helped me kind of get this whole thing started and kind of influenced me to actually chase this and create the podcast. So I'd like to welcome uh, officially to On the Gutter, Mikey Schlebaugh. So as mentioned in the intro to this episode, uh, our first guest on this podcast ever is a, a buddy of mine that I met many years ago. Uh, easily one of the top physical games that I think I've ever seen in person uh, and even on social media. But I just want to welcome officially to On the Gutter, Mikey Schleywa. Mikey, what's going on, dude? What's going on, DJ? And thank Not you. Much, man. 
Not much, <laughs> dude. I'm super happy for you to be on. Uh, obviously, this is like the first episode, so I'm a little nervous. I hope you're not too nervous that way. If you can carry this conversation when I hang up, we're all set to go. So, oh man, if we're talking bowling, I can go all night. Let's get it. All right. So, Mikey, uh, basically, you and I were talking about doing this podcast together. Um, and things with your life have been crazy busy. If anybody sees or follows Mikey on social media, you've kind of seen everything that he's been dealing with over the last like couple, you know, three, three or four weeks now. So just Mikey, give us a background about yourself. Oh man. Well, just from the start, I guess I've been bowling for 14 years now. I picked up bowling because I needed something to do other than play baseball in the summer. (laughs) And uh, one thing led to another. I got to the end of high school. I realized that I wasn't big enough, strong enough or fast enough to play major league baseball and bowling (laughs) was the next thing. So I uh, just started pursuing bowling. And one thing led to another. I kept pushing myself to work harder and be better. And I'm here now. So I bowled on the regional tour for six years full-time. Um, I would definitely say this is my best year I've had on the regional <laughs> tour, but this is also the, also the first year where I matured enough to understand how to compete against these guys. So uh, this year I finished second in central regional points. Uh, I have one PBA regional title from this year. I had four runner-ups this year. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to win player of the year because J.R. Raymond just squeaked me out in the last tournament. Oh, no. Uh, for the central, <laughs> but uh but it's been uh, it's been a heck of a run um i'm really looking forward to the upcoming season for the pba the actual pba national season uh, i get to go bowl a couple stops this upcoming year and i'm really pumped about that that's so. that's awesome dude so i'm not gonna say you just took away like half my points but uh in the matter of 30 seconds you kind of did oh my bad <laughs> no you're good you're good so <laughs> again you won your first pba regional title this year it was a doubles tournament correct Okay. And yes, it was with my buddy, uh, Bailey Maverick. Right. Right. Um, so obviously you had been close in singles, um, winning, you know, you're not, you know, finishing second at these tournaments, a lot of the regional tournaments. And obviously, you know, I, as I know throughout the year, you've won quite a few different singles tournaments. Uh, you have like what, six NBA championships, right? Uh, something like that. Uh, yeah, I have six regular NBA championships and I have one NBA master's title now. Yeah, and you are the 2020 NBA Player of the Year? Yeah, last year's Player of the Year for the the NBA. Yeah, so just Uh, an absolute stud. Absolute stud. (laughs) So my question, I guess, to to kind of break that down is, what do you think was the difference between – um, you know, finishing second in, in the singles tournaments to finally, you know, breaking through in a doubles tournament. Do you think it was because of your just mentality to bowl with Bailey, a, a good buddy of yours? Or do you think it was just something that in the singles, like you, you, you either got beat or you beat yourself? What do you think was the big difference? Well, it's actually, this is really funny because the conversation I had with my dad as soon as I got done was about what was different. And it was actually harder to win the doubles tournament than it was the singles tournament. And <laughs> It was because when I go up there to make a shot, because Bailey always, because when we bowled match play, I always finished the 10th frame. Bailey had me finish. I, right. I had, I would consider I had the better look. I was just throwing it unbelievably well. But when I stepped up to make those shots, I wasn't just making those shots for me. There was another guy standing behind me <laughs> that was counting on me making that shot. And I told my dad, I've never been so nervous in my life because in the 10th frame of the title match, uh, game four, whatever it was when we had to win. Yeah. I need the mark in the 10th frame to win the title. 
and I wrapped 10. And I told my dad, I have never been so nervous in my life to pick up a 10 pin because not only does that 10 pin win me a title, but it wins Bailey a title too. Right. right. And I, I mean, obviously I hit it right in the middle of the pin. So, but yeah. um, the singles titles, this is what's really dumb is that actually, if we go off a pinfall, I've already won two singles titles. Um, the last tournament in Carpenterville, um, I finished second all because, uh, J.R. Raymond had more bonus pins than me. Oh no. <laughs> uh, and then I, and then I bowled a regional, uh, earlier this year. I can't remember where it was at, but the same situation happened. Um, I had more pins knocked down than the guy that won, but I finished second because he had more bonus pins from winning matches. Got it. Got so it. technically I'm, I've had that opportunity, but, um, I don't know. It's weird with the single stuff too. Um, and the doubles, it, it felt like everything just went our way because as a team, we were just so much better. Right. Um, our looks were better. Everything about the day was better. But when it comes to the single stuff, you you need a break or two and some key moments to get there. And unfortunately, this year, I didn't I didn't get those breaks. Yeah. yeah. So understandable. Um, like I said, it's just it's always a different thing because you you didn't bowl collegiately, correct? I did not right. know. Yeah. And, and, and for listeners who, who don't, um, who haven't got to that point yet, maybe, uh, whether they're bowling college or this is their first year, they're looking to bowl college. Um, the college atmosphere is, is crazy. I mean, the team aspect is basically what Mikey just said is like, you can bowl individuals and, and some tournaments do have individual games where they count to you making like an all, all uh, tournament team. But when you're getting up there and you guys are trying to make a run at for a second, third, and you get up there and you have to walk through four or five other guys who are counting on you to make a good shot. It's like that feeling. It's like, dude, this isn't just about me. Like this is about the team. This is about the sport. So I can understand where you're coming from as far as like, yo, it's like, if I don't strike, it's on me. But if I don't strike now, Bailey has to deal with that or your partner has to deal with that. And I can understand how, how stressful that could be. (laughs) Oh yeah. It was, it was definitely something different. And I think, you know, at first I thought, oh, a doubles title, you know, this isn't, this is going to be a half of a title. Um, but after I sat back and thought about it and just how well, uh, not only Bailey and myself bowl, but how well I maintained myself all weekend. Um, I mean, I would have won any tournament that weekend. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I led, I led um, the first day in total pins as a single bowler. I was like 350 over for the first day with a 300. Um, I just, it was one of those weekends where everything, yeah, it was, it was a good weekend. And Bailey, holy crap, Bailey, I'm pretty sure he shot like 780 for his back three of qualifying, and we led by over 100. Dang. So it was it was a good weekend. But um, the collegiate thing, you know, that's one thing I always talk about that I missed. You know, I watch collegiate tournaments, and y'all get into it. And yeah. that was one aspect or this, like one environment I wish I would have been able to be a part of just to feel it and know what it's like. Um, but unfortunately with kind of the way my path went, I wasn't the best in school and I had no interest in going to school to learn anything else. I kind of want to go get a job and start working. And then the whole long road of the PBA regional thing started. So, yeah. Yeah. And and like I I mentioned in the introduction, uh, introductory is that I'm from Canada and Canada just had its first collegiate team, I think back in like 2015, 2016, uh, Georgian college before that all of us who are in Canada had to travel to Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, wherever it may be to bowl in bigger tournaments and hopefully get noticed by college uh, recruits. So it it is one of those atmospheres that there's 
a ton, a ton of great bowlers in Canada who have never been to college because they never had the opportunity to, if they weren't close enough to the border to go and travel on a, a weekly basis to go and compete. So, um, yeah, the, the college atmosphere, I, I look at it as like a development thing. And when it comes to bowling college and not bowling college, if you don't bowl college, but you're practicing daily or weekly, you're practicing three or four times a week. It's not exactly the same, but you at least are putting in the same amount of work. College is about the experience, in, in my opinion, you traveling all over the country, bowling with, you know, some of the people that you're going to be closest with. And and it, it, it is a cool experience, but obviously, you know, people like yourself, and I don't believe even EJ went to college uh, or Belmo went to college. So there's ways to make it, and there's proof that you can make it on the PBA tour without going to college for bowling. Yeah, I... <laughs> I think college is a great way to, what I tell people, it's a great way to learn the bowling structure. You see lane transition, you see lane play, you understand equipment better, and it kind of speeds up that process because you kind of have to. You know, you have to, it's like herding cattle. You guys kind of have to get all in a line and follow each other. Otherwise, you're going to you know, make it a mess for yourself later in the block, where is what I did. I didn't really learn about that stuff until I started losing a lot of money in tournaments, <laughs> getting beat by guys that did. Um, so that's also another thing I wish I would have gone to college for, because like the coach lays it out for you. He's like, listen, we have to do this. Yeah. We have to do X because of Y. Yeah. And I, and I never got that when I, when I first jumped into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you worked really hard, obviously. Um, you've, you've spent a lot of years bowling on the regional tour and bowling a lot of amateur stuff. Um, what would you say would be either a your favorite win or b like the one that you were most proud of because of how well you bowled even if you finished second or third like what is that one tournament or that one event that stands out to you that you were like you know what i bowled so well that day i don't care that i finished second third or even that i won it's just the fact that i bowled so well and i made so many good choices i will say it was a tournament that i'm pretty sure turned my whole career I, I put career in air quotes because it's not that much of a career yet, but it turned my, my whole career around. Um, it was uh, the tournament at Angola Bowl. Um, I was, so I was on a streak of match plays and regionals. I think it was on five or six. Great year. It was a great year to start. And I was 15 out of the number going into the last game in this regional and it was on 33 foot. It was dead hard. The gutter didn't hook. (laughs) And I stepped up in the um, seventh frame and I, fortunately we had lane problems. So everybody finished before us and I was able to do the math. And I figured out that if I threw the back six, I was going to make match play the next day because I was 17 out of the number. Right. And I threw six of the best shots of my entire career to make huh. match play. And I don't mean like I threw six shots and like they splashed everywhere. I split the rack in half six shots in a row. <laughs> now, the next day, I, I think I, I, I made a little bit of a run, didn't quite make it. I think I finished eighth or something like that. Um, but I remember going home after that tournament thinking I can do this like right there's the candle like I just lit the candle right there everything is where it needs to be I know mentally I can take care of this if I have to so then my next four regionals after that was um second first fifth second all in regionals I led two of those 
Yeah, I would say that's a decent run, um, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. So, <laughs> and especially for anybody who who isn't from uh, the central region, there are just absolute killers out there in the central region. There are so many good bowlers, and, just and I'm, studs, man. And I know obviously there's good bowlers throughout the country, <laughs> but I was 12 years old uh, competing against Andrew Anderson and Tyler Green, Team USA <laughs> guys, and I remember going to my first tournament and looking at these guys. I'm like what do they drink over here this is insane and now you see these guys just like destroying the pba tour and you're like you know what this all makes sense but like 12 year old me was scared to come up against these guys so for you to have a run like that is uh, it's amazing right like it, it was it's something that i think a lot of people should kind of set a goal to because like you said it took technically one tournament to kind of change your mindset, even though you've put in all the physical work, all the mental work you spent hours upon hours and, and hundreds upon hundreds of dollars bowling tournaments and, and traveling and everything for that moment to almost click in your head saying, yo, I can do this. And then you rattle off that those four in a row. That's how, that's how weird this game can be. It's like, it takes one thing and then it's like, you're, you're good. You go, you go, you go and just build off that. Yeah, it's it's really funny. Uh, so like I was I matured mentally um, a lot later than kids my age did or, you know, kids that I grew up with. Um, I was always kind of behind physically and mentally. Uh, but it was crazy how I would watch people just get it and it would click in their minds. I was like, why? Why don't I get that? And sometimes it just takes more time. But I remember in that tournament thinking, holy cow, like this is what I need to do to win, quote unquote, yeah. uh, on this level. And I proceeded to, you know, obviously make those shots, make a small run the next day. And then after that, it was just game on. But uh, I think a lot of time it's, it's just people putting themselves, keep putting themselves in situations. Cause the question I get all the time is how do I get out of a slump? Well, you got to keep putting yourself in the situation that you're slumping in to figure out how to get out of it. Yeah. Um, and it just takes that one time for you to do something you haven't done before that clicks mentally. It, it may be footwork, it, uh, targeting whatever it may be just something small that helps you and all of a sudden it's right there and you just start running stuff over yeah, it's, yeah. it's a very weird thing very <laughs> very weird so my next question for you mikey would be run us through like a, a weekly um routine for you are you how many days a week are you practicing <laughs> i mean i know you're you're always posting on social media i see you bowling i think you bowl like 17 <laughs> leagues a week three tournaments a week like what is what is a weekly just a quick synopsis of what does mikey Schleyball's bowling week look like okay so are we just gonna go uh like a week where I have a tournament Saturday and Sunday or a week where I have just, okay. So if we're having a tournament on Saturday and Sunday, um, Monday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I wake up at four. Well, I'm sorry. Every morning I wake up at 4am. I go to the gym. Try hard. Um, I, I have a, uh, I have a power lifting regiment that I do. And then people, I tell people that like, Oh, you want to get big? I'm like, no, I don't want to get big. I just want to get strong. You know, getting people think when you lift heavy, you're going to get big. It's really not the case. You have to eat a lot more than what I'm eating to get as big as they think I'm going to get. Um, I'm doing it because I want to get stronger. I want to be more athletic. So I get up at four and I lift. Uh, after I'm done at the gym, I go to work. I work a 40 hour a week job. I work from seven to three 30 every day. Yeah. After work, I get off. I go straight to the bowling alley. I practice for about an hour and a half. Uh, I do that Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Tuesday, I have league. I only bowl one league um, because I'm not a fan of spending 20 bucks to bowl three games. <laughs> if I'm going to spend $20, I'd like to bowl more than three games. <laughs> so I bowl, I bowl one league a week. Um, I practice the other five, and then I have tournaments Saturday and Sunday. 
Um, and then usually during the week, if it's the summer, after I get back home from, uh, from bowling, I usually go out for a run of, of some kind, usually two to three miles. And then I come, come back in and eat dinner. Okay. So, so I will say, uh, my training regimen isn't quite like that. Uh, I enjoy tacos and Pringles. So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I do try to practice, uh, two, two to three times a week in the bowl, uh, league once a week and then tournaments whenever I possibly can. Uh, but I will say for, for people who are listening, um, Mikey is easily one of the hardest working guys, uh, I've ever met in my entire life. It, it takes a lot of dedication to, any sport really, especially individual sports, when you're going out there by yourself, you know, there might be open bowlers beside you. There might be a a large, large party beside you to just sit there and stay focused and and like concentrate and and understand exactly what you need to work on is one of the most difficult tasks in bowling. In my opinion, it is so easy to just lose your concentration and then just go through the motions, which really isn't benefiting you. So like I said, I, I give props to you, Mikey, and actually one of our other buddies, uh, Mike Jashinsky. You guys are work horses, dude. You guys never stop. I always see videos, and I just like it. It, it really shows how much it takes to to practice and to be good. And you guys are literally like living that experiment. Like you guys work so hard, and it pays off for both of you guys. So I, I applaud you for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's been a long journey, but it's fun. I'm really starting to enjoy it, and. You know, I was, I, I owe a lot of this to my father. Uh, his whole thing was, if you want, if you want something, go work for it. Um, you know, the, there was, to him, there was no easy way to ever get anything. And because of that, that kind of, you know, ingrained that like blue collar side of me where I get up and I work. Um, so I owe a lot to him and a lot of my work ethic and dedication definitely comes from my father. So, yeah, yeah, I can understand that. I, I remember being uh, 12 and 13 years old and obviously, you know, at that age, we, we clearly know everything anyways. So I remember, oh, obviously. yeah, I remember going to school. <laughs> Uh, right after school, I was either a basketball game or practice. Um, and then my dad would be like, Hey, we're going to the bowling alley. Cause my dad would bowl Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. I'm like, I don't really, you know, I don't want to bowl. He goes, if you want to bowl this tournament, you need to come practice. You need to, you know, you need to work on this stuff. And, uh, you know, as much as my dad and I butted heads, which I'm sure you can relate to the, the hundreds of thousands of hours that I spent in a bowling alley, just shooting at 10 pins, shooting with like rolling the ball with no pins, nothing like just absolute practice routines. Because my dad was like, if you want to get good and you want this new bowling ball, you need to show me that you want to work for it. So uh, I think that you and I can relate on that, on that level quite a bit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh man. So to switch it up, Mikey here, um, you, (laughs) anybody's, uh, anytime somebody asks me about you, uh, Uh it's changed this year. Right. So I'll be honest. Uh, Mikey, as I mentioned, kind of in the intro has one of the best physical games I've ever seen in my entire life. And, And what I mean by that is that there's a lot of power. There's a lot of athleticism and there's a lot of consistency. Um, obviously it took you quite a few years to develop that, but I think you would agree with me that it took you a little bit longer to develop the mentality to go along with your physical game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so, so Mikey is, is famous for posting videos on pretty much all social media channels, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, Mikey. So I want to get into your TikTok a little bit because I remember a certain someone saying, Mikey, you should get a TikTok. You should get a TikTok. And you're like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. 
And then that certain summer is like, Mikey, go get a TikTok. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. And then about two weeks later, he, I, I got a message saying, hey, check out my TikTok. So um, what is the social media presence like for you when it comes to bowling? And what what's your mindset behind uh, just being active on social media and, and how it relates to your bowling game and in bowling in general? First of all, people are brutal, man. Holy cow. <laughs> people are so brutal on social media. Um, oh, goodness. Keyboard warriors. Uh, I, had a, I had a comment from one of my TikTok videos. The guy said, oh, he thinks he's hard just because he can bowl. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. I'm just trying to create some videos for you guys. That's all. Come on, dude. I'm um, just trying to create good content. <laughs> Uh, I, I really enjoy it. So the, the reason I started doing the social media stuff so much and why people saw so many posts at first and like I was a little obnoxious with it when I was younger was for my family. Like my grandma had Facebook um, and she would share with my grandpa. And since, you know, they aren't really good at like texting or calling or stuff like that. And I would see them all the time. I, I would just post stuff and they, they would see it. And same thing that would go for family and friends that weren't close to here. Well, on uh, Instagram, that kind of blew up just because of my really mm, uh, yeah my my very childish behavior uh, and my <laughs> antics and stuff I'm, I'm kind of a 14 year old at heart and some I don't know I just got some traction with a couple videos and I had a couple successful you know tournaments and stuff like that I, it helps when motive you know post stuff with my face on every once in a while especially when I win Does it really and it know? just kind of grows from there uh, <laughs> but um uh, uh, I've noticed that it's really cool the the amount of support I get from Instagram and Facebook and and some of the true followers you know followers I have. Sure. But um, I, it's sometimes hard to to do the Instagram stuff and the Facebook stuff because you got a lot of people on there that make comments and stuff when they don't really know what's going on. I know that's like the one thing I really started to struggle with because I'm I'm I don't want to I'm not I hate you know controversy I hate you know. Conflict, like that's not, yeah, that's not who I am. Um, but then people will make comments and stuff about me or about uh, something I said and take it either completely wrong or not understand what they're talking about. And so I have to like try to avoid the conflict there. Right. Um, but I've noticed that I get way more support and love off of social media uh, than I ever do uh, hate. But it is out there, and it's 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 difficult to get around sometimes. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely understandable. And I think I think anybody who posts on social media kind of needs to have an understanding of that. Um, obviously, be proud of who you are. Be proud of what you're doing. You know, let people see, but also understand that there's there's people out there who who will bash you, who you know will say things that you know might be misconstrued. And and as bowlers, as athletes as people you know there's ways to handle it there's ways you know you probably shouldn't handle that and I think that's just a part of developing as a human being and and even more an athlete is just understanding you know pick your battles basically you know if you see a a rude comment you can either choose to ignore or or, you know kill them with kindness in a way right so um yeah it's I think it's going to happen no matter no matter where you're looking at um so why don't you, uh, what, what's the plug there? What's give us your, your social media handles. So that way anybody who's listening can go and give you a follow. <laughs> uh, oh goodness. So my Instagram is, uh, Mikey, M I K E Y one, one, nine or Mikey underscore one, one, nine is my Instagram. And then TikTok, I believe is Mikey S M I K E Y S underscore one, one, nine. Okay. And Facebook, I actually have a problem right now on Facebook, DJ. <laughs> I've reached my friend, I've reached my friend limit on Facebook, and I can't accept anybody's friend requests right now. And I just that haven't created a like a 
I haven't created a fan page yet. I'm so I didn't ever think I never thought I'd have to have a fan page, but apparently that's what it's telling me I need to do. So wow, who is uh, this guy? This guy is uh something, hey, something else, I guess. I guess he's got fans. If you keep bringing me on this thing, man, I'm gonna have to have a place to upload somewhere. <laughs> uh well, I hope that this isn't your your last time. I mean, we have plans oh, absolutely a lot not. of these plans, you know, rely around you, no pressure or anything like that. So oh, geez. Uh <laughs> talking about I guess fans and about the the overall support that you see um you know daily basis weekly basis or just on social media um how about we we talk about the sponsors because uh i i mentioned in my introduction the the sponsors uh or the companies that i'm affiliated with and obviously it really plays a big difference on just your mentality uh, of traveling each and every week um you know trying to decide how you're going to handle yourself and how you're going to handle things so talk about your sponsors uh for those who don't know um mikey and i are both on staff with motive and we're also both on staff staff with mint sportswear so what is your take on on those companies and give us just kind of a rundown of of what you see with them and, and how you feel about them So uh, men's sportswear, they, uh, I've been looking for like a Jersey company to kind of, I would say, pick me up. Um, you know, I'm somebody who I, I enjoy wearing nicer jerseys, you know, pretty colors, quote unquote, you know, that's, that's kind of how I am. I'm a very uh, outgoing person. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very, I'm very bright, uh, like emotionally. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Clothes, not, so, not just uh, bright in general. Yeah. Uh, and, no, I'm not bright in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but men's sportswear picked me up and, and they offered me a, a deal to wear some of their jerseys and, you know, go, I have a couple of my own designs with them now too, which is pretty cool. Um, you guys can check them out. I have a link. It's in my Instagram. If you guys actually go there. Um, but then motive bowling, Holy cow. That's been a journey. I don't know about, I don't know about your journey with them, but mine, mine goes all the way back to uh, youth league. So uh, do you remember the Sigma tour? Absolutely. I do. When that ball came out, that was my first ever motive purchase. Um, mm-hmm. I have never thrown any other brand of bowling ball since I bought that ball. And that was 2009, maybe nine. I'm going to look that up. 2009, 2010. You keep going. I'm going to take a look. Anyways. So I started throwing motor equipment then because I got hooked on it and I never threw anything else. I proceeded to, uh, work my way through high school and through the regionals. And I finally sent in a resume to Brett at motor bowling. Um, they responded, they gave me a contract why they gave me a contract. I don't know. I was a, a green, you know, turd straight out of high school. Jeez, dude. Don't, don't be so harsh on yourself, man. <laughs> I didn't have much going for me at the time. Um, and they took a shot with me and, uh, over the past couple of years, it's like the growth and development with them have also come with me in my game. And it was really cool because, um, I just got done with the conversation with Brett and I said, dude, what are you doing to our bowling balls right now? Cause they are so good. They're so unbelievably good. Um, the new Trident Odyssey that I just got in my hands is fuego for an understatement. Um, the pride, the fatal, the velocity, uh, the iron. And, uh, I just signed a three-year deal with them. And I told Brett, I said, I've never been so excited for a three-year deal in my life. Um, awesome dude. Congratulations. Thank you. But, um, when it comes to motive, if you guys are wondering, um, they have been a company of steady growth and they've constantly worked to better their equipment every single year, trying to keep up and to produce stuff that is top level that, you know, our best bowlers in the world can go out and win national titles with. And, uh, I would say that as of right now, we are creating 
man, the best. If it's not the best, I don't know what it is. It's just, <laughs> it's so stinking good. Yeah. So, so uh, just a, a quick blurb. Uh, I believe the Sigma tour came out in 2011 from just a quick research. So, so 10 years, I haven't thrown nothing but a motive bowling ball for 10 years. That, that's crazy. Uh, my first motive ball I drilled actually was a Sigma hybrid uh, given to me by Zach Wilkins. So uh, okay, I, yeah. The, the first time I ever threw that ball, it was at an MJMA. Um, and, and Andrew Anderson was there. Tyler Green was there. Um, Casey Shepard, who bowled at Saginaw Valley, was there. Like, there was a lot of good guys there. And I ended up finishing, I think, seventh. And that ball just, like, I that ball never left my hand the entire weekend. So that's kind of what got me hooked on, on motive. And then uh, in 2013, I met one of my best friends, Grant, who introduced me to Scott at motive. And then it's just kind of been a, a whole run since then. Uh, you know, I've been on and off with other companies. But uh, motive, basically, since 2009 was the end goal for me. Um, and it was, uh, it's just, it's, it's been crazy. Uh, I, I can agree with you more about the bowling balls. I, uh, I feel confident <laughs> enough right now that I can go to league with an iron forge and actually a trident horizon. And I'd be content. Like I, I'd find something there. Like those, those two balls are just so insane for me right now. So, uh, <laughs> if you guys haven't checked out any new stuff, go to motivebowling.com or visit your local pro shop and, you know, check out some of their new bowling balls that we have out. Because like Mikey said, it's, it's gotta be the best and best on the market for sure. It's unbelievable especially our pearl covers so like i've always wanted to see motive create some pearls that not only like down lane move like have so much down lane motion but can like see it earlier a little bit because yeah. i'm somebody i want to see the ball get into a roll yeah. and when they came out with the fatal the the fatal venom yeah dude i, I almost cried because i was so <laughs> happy and then they put this they put the same technology and the, the same ideas into you know the velocity into the iron and oh, now i've got i've got velocity, three sets baby. of Oh, they're so good. They're just so good. I cannot explain to people how good they are. And then people are like, well, you know, you're on staff with them. You're supposed to say that. And and I, I don't mean, and when I say this, I don't, I don't want people to think that I'm knocking motive bowling at all because I'm not. <laughs> it wasn't until this year where I would sit down and say, what we've released this year, I can fill every spot in my bag comfortably for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. it always seemed like there was just something missing in the bag. Absolutely. This year. I can go to a tournament and say, I have everything I absolutely need for any situation that comes about. And I, I, I won't question it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, it's a great feeling. And the, and the great thing too, is that the guys at motive, both Brett, Scott, Scott, Dan, all those guys at the office, uh, Nick, they'll, they'll, they will all admit that too. They'll be like, yeah, you know, 2012, 2015, maybe wasn't a great year. We, we had some gaps, but the thing is that they're so dedicated and, and so consistently working on developing new technologies uh, to be able to fill those gaps. And, and I can agree with you more. Um, we, from bottom to top, like I said, I mean, I, I look at my bowling balls and it's just like I could bring any of those to a tournament to a league and just be completely confident. It's it's honestly an incredible feeling because it helps boost your confidence as a bowler to know that like, hey, if I'm going to a tournament, if I'm struggling with something, whether it's a physical game, uh, mental game, you know, so the bowling balls that we have can almost bail us out of that. Like they will help us find what we're looking for, even when we aren't feeling 100 uh, percent physically. I will tell you right now, there's, I can name off three regionals this year where I physically was doo-doo, like a <laughs> C-minus game, but I still ended up making match play and making somewhat of a run yeah. because of our equipment because I was just able to get it to see the lane so well yeah. and strike just as much as everybody else was. 
it's 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 very awesome i'm i'm loving what motive is doing right now yeah absolutely loving it yeah so shout out motive obviously you know we can't say enough good things about them but we appreciate it we love you yeah brett (laughs) brett we love you big hearts big number one fans um so anyways uh i guess i I really don't have anything else for you um i want to do a couple rapid questions with you is there anything else that you you kind of want to mention out to anybody who's listening or, or anything in general Mm, I just want to say to people who are going to listen to this podcast, DJ Rose is probably the coolest dude ever. I mean, he works his butt off for this. Oh man, you, so I'll just quick put this out there. DJ mentioned this to me and I said, yeah, this would be a great idea. I get a phone call a week later saying, all right, it's already set up. All you need to do is get a mic. (laughs) And I went, are you kidding me? So the dude is really passionate about bowling and about talking about bowling and getting some content out there. And I'm, I'm very into that because as myself, I'm trying to get a YouTube channel going um, and I'm trying to create more content and just the idea of this and what you do here is absolutely awesome. And we need more people like you. It's, this is great. I appreciate that, dude. I, I was always told that I have a face for radio. So I'm hoping that this is my entry <laughs> oh to radio. My gosh. <laughs> uh, so a couple of rapid questions here for you, Mikey, just whatever, you know, the first thing on the top of your head or, or you know, just give us the answer that you would think um, would be most applicable to you. So breakfast food, cereal, sandwich, what are you having? Eggs. 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 eggs six, six, six eggs with two slices of bacon. Are morning. you putting them in a cup and drinking them? Or are you like actually cooking the eggs? No, I'm actually cooking the eggs. Oh, no, no, okay. we're not doing Sylvester Stallone stuff here. No. <laughs> okay. Um, you're going to a tournament. You're gone for three days. You're leaving state. What is the number one thing that you're bringing with you that is not bowling related? Uh, oh. Oh, man. This is a good rapid question. <laughs> this is really good. There's a couple things I take with me. All right, let's um, them all. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> not, not to get not no not to get fruity with you guys, but one is my Bible. Um, the Dang. second one, uh, the second one is uh, I have two sets of earbuds. Yep. One that have strings on, the other ones that are Bluetooth. I make sure to always have earbuds on me, especially when I go way out because yep. I like to kind of zone in. And then uh, the last one is I have a journal. It's actually right here. And this is where I write down all of my tournaments and stuff like that. And I kind of like keep uh, my notes from the weekend and stuff like that. I always make sure to have that with me. So I, I think down. I think that journal thing, if you're listening, is a huge benefit. Uh, I've always been taught to keep uh, just a little notepad, like a little uh, memo pad in my uh, backpack that I take with me. I use mine strictly for notes at bowling alleys that I've been to, you know, the low end, high end playing differently, the topography, if there's something different. Uh, I don't really have a journal for tournaments, but I always have like little notes. Um, so next rapid question. Uh, what is your number one goal? Absolutely. For 2022. For 2022 next year. Yeah. Oh, I got, I, I got two goals. Okay. Uh, one's to make a show. Yeah. Um, I had the opportunity to bowl a couple big stops this year. So I want to make a show. And then my full goal this next year is I want to win the player of the year for the PBA central region. That's, awesome. that's my main goal. Yeah. Um, and, and I would love, year. I would love to win three titles. I know that seems like a lot, but I, I have a feeling if I keep throwing it the way I have three titles is something I can definitely achieve. If I just get my head on my shoulders, three regional so, titles or three national. Titles? Yes. Three regional titles. Okay. No, I don't, I'm going to be honest with you this year uh, with, with where I'm at, I think it's still going to take some learning on the national tour. I think I'm, I have the capability of making a show. That's kind of why I, I'm, I'm expecting <laughs> to make at least one run this year. Sure. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of growing left to do on the national tour uh, just because the pace of everything there is faster. They're bigger moves. The guys are better. The scoring pace is higher. It's just, it's all, it's a different animal. Um, okay. But the regional tour, I definitely think three regional titles and a player of the year this year. 
All right, because I know this question is, is hard for me. Uh, name your top five biggest idols or influences in bowling. Let's go. Actually, let's go idols, five biggest idols, and then five biggest influences that you've had in bowling. So okay, your favorite so, pro bowlers or and then the people who have inspired you the most. Okay, so uh, my favorite pro bowlers first. Yeah, top five. Oh man, that's hard. So I'll just say the one that got me, the one that got me hooked on bowling, Maximum Bob, Robert Smith. Absolutely. Um, I watched I watched him bowl a tournament where the dude was throwing it halfway down the lane uh, and he was striking like an animal. Uh, so that's Robert like, Smith got me hooked on it. 2009 <laughs> against Dick Allen. Yes, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what that was. From yeah. the ball return, throwing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the tournament that got me hooked on bowling. Um, other bowlers. So this this is gonna come off uh, kind of fruity. Uh, but Patrick Dombrowski, uh, Pat has been from the start of my bowling career, has been always in the regional, uh, the regional scene. He's always been the central and he's helped me grow a lot as a bowler uh, and as a person. Pat is awesome. Pat um, is also Mr. He, Trip 4. He is Mr. Trip 4. Um, Graham Fa. I look up to Graham a lot because the oh. way Graham um, approaches his mental game of bowling is insane. Like the dude, you'd never see him get mad. It's unbelievable. Like there is no fry out in grandpa. He's, he's just amazing. I'm just going to interrupt um, you real quick. I had the privilege of bowling uh, with Graham on a team, Southern Ontario, Ontario for Canadian nationals. And he, I can 100% back that up. Graham is one of the most level-headed bowlers there is out there. And he's such a great teammate. He's such a great person. I mean, you go talk to Graham, he'll say, Hey, what's up? He'll take, any time that he has and give it back to people who are asking who, who want to learn. So Graham, again, we love you. You're, you're awesome. And I back you up on that one. So what are you next to? <laughs> oh man, see, that's, that's hard because like when I get on the national scene and stuff like that, I, I try to keep my distance because these guys are a lot better than me. Oh, um, don't say that. One, one guy that's influenced my physical game a lot. I, I obviously people say EJ Tackett. I, I think what you see, me look like EJ Taggett isn't necessarily me trying to be like him. I just understand that how to create power, you kind of have to have a swing that goes like that. But uh, one guy that's influenced my game a lot physically and that I've really watched a lot is uh, Chris Prather. Oh, um, yeah. His physical game and his touch at the bottom. Oh, it's, it's perfect. It's unbelievably good. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, see, it was hard because when I was growing up, it was a lot of Tommy Jones and Chris Barnes. And I would yes. say when it comes to the influence of how I proceed to start my physical game, those two were the ones I looked at to start and my growth kind of happened from there. So influence and bowling, I would say those were the bowlers that definitely impacted me the most okay. uh, through my bowling career. And how about non-pro then, bowlers now, like the top, the top five people in your life who have just influenced you, who either help you grow as a person and a bowler who have just helped you in bowling your coach, whatever, maybe give me five. I, oh man, that's hard. I can give you one. I think one is all I got. All right. Uh, uh, well, there's a couple, I have a bunch of supporters, but I would say like true influencers and impacts in my life that aren't bowling. Uh, would be my father. Um, um, I don't know if we'll have time, some other podcasts to get into um, my father, uh, but he is an amazing man. My, my dad is the re I am, I'm the way I am because of my father, Every, everything about me, my, my dedication, my hard work, uh, just my willingness not to quit um, all comes from my dad, everything. So. Oh, I'm sure he's really proud of you and everything that you've done, dude. So uh, <laughs> next episode that you're on, we'll for sure go over that and we'll, we'll get into depth about that. And like I said, I, hopefully a lot of people can relate to having a, a, a parent, uh, whether it's a mother or father, even grandparents. Um, there's, there's a lot of people who I, I hope can relate and understand the story that, uh, you know, while your parents are here or, you know, even if your parents are gone, uh, just take time to, to, to thank them for everything that they've done for you. 
because, uh, you know, most of us literally wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our parents. So, um, yeah, so yeah, absolutely. That's one thing I try to tell, uh, we, we, have a, we have, do we have, are we done with time? No, you're, time? Good. you're good. You're good. Uh, just one last thing to our youth bowlers. If they're listening, if you guys have parents out there, listen, your, your parents, even though it may seem like at times they get rough on you or they get, you know, mad at you, uh, they love you. Um, and they, they definitely want to see you succeed. So cut your parents some slack every once in a while. It, it would help them out. That's so. a great words of advice, Mikey. So I appreciate <laughs> you coming on, dude. I, uh, I always look forward to, to seeing you and talking to you. So hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have you on shortly again and we'll, we'll go over some more things. I hope so too. Thank you, DJ. Awesome. Thanks, Mikey. See you later. Talk to you later, man. Bye. So just a big thank you to Mikey for coming on to the podcast and everything that he's done to help me get this thing started and get it off the ground. I'm planning on doing this weekly and, you know, obviously with the holidays and everything coming up, it may be a week or two until we get uh, more episodes out here. But if you guys have any suggestions uh, or anything that you guys would like to hear, feel free to message me. You can uh, find me on Facebook at DJ Rose. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at DJ Spindlewin. And again, thank you to everybody who's listened and stay tuned for our next episode of On the Gutter.